0: All right, so thank you for listening. You're listening to the Anthro Alert podcast, where we take our live show from USF Bulls Radio and we publish it here for you to listen at your enjoyment. Um, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Bulls, you're listening to Bulls Radio, WSF 89.7, HD3, Tampa, 1620 AM on campus, and streaming worldwide at bullsradio.org. This is Anthro Alert. My name is Renee.
1: And I'm Spencer. And for the next hour, we'll be talking about all things anthropological. We'd like to preface our show by saying um, the discussions on here are our opinions and our opinions alone and may not be representative of the opinions of anthropology as a discipline or of USF anthropology department.
0: And also student government. (laughs) All right, so this show is about anthropology and why it matters. Each week we will discuss how anthropology is relevant, and over time we'll feature various guests from the Department of Anthropology here at USF to discuss their research and have them weigh in on everyday topics and current events. We believe this show is a good opportunity for us as anthropologists to better connect with the USF community and raise awareness of the value of an anthropological perspective.
1: So, Renee, that brings up the big question, what is anthropology? Well, so anthropology is more than just the introductory
0: course that satisfies some general education credit that we have to take. It's a vast and diverse field. Mm. It's the study of humans, past, present, and even future. So if you've ever asked yourself, you know, if you, if you happen to be listening to the show, all four of you, if you've ever asked yourself, what does it mean to be human, then anthropology could be your guidebook to help you find those answers.
1: That's exactly right. So here at USF, we practice a certain kind of anthropology. We like to call it applied anthropology. And applied anthropology, similar to anthropology, is anthropological knowledge and anthropological methods targeted towards local, national, or international problems where we search for tangible solutions or poli- or policy recommendations. Um, what do you think about this, Kune? Oh, for sure. So it's
0: easy to call yourself an anthropologist and and, and write theory and, and mm-hmm. maybe give opinion on, on things. Mm-hmm. It, it's another thing to actually apply those things in practice in a workforce and mm-hmm. really apply the discipline to skills and work in an interdisciplinary uh, capacity.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, so...
0: So anthropologists take a broad approach to understanding the many different aspects of the human experience. So while, while anthropologists devote much of their attention to what human groups share across time and space, they also study how these groups are different. Anthropologists from across the globe work together through international organizations to try and understand more about our lives as humans. Uh, anthropologists are employed in a number of different sectors, from mm. colleges and universities to government agencies, NGOs, so it's non-government organizations, mm. businesses, and health and human services. So in the U.S., there have traditionally been four fields of anthropology.
1: Mm. So these four fields are typically cultural anthropology, biological anthropology, linguistic, and archaeology. Um We're going to break down these subfields for you a little bit here. Um, Well, well, archaeology sure sounds interesting. Let's let's start (laughs) with that one. So I'm not an archaeologist, so I'm going to try to do it some justice on our show here. But one thing that uh, archaeology is not is, I'm sure to the disappointment of many archaeologists, is it's not an Indiana Jones adventure. But many archaeologists do very important information or um, very important research, um, they work on excavation and looking at ci- uh, civilizations of the past and they also work with um, people and populations here and now um, in the US and abroad and looking at heritage issues and things like that
0: y- you know I'm, i was so disappointed to learn that the indiana jones archeologist was was not your typical archeologist mm. because i, I um, don't y'all. i don't <laughs> know, i don't know if you've had the chance to visit there is uh, an amusement theme park here in Florida that features a ride about Indiana Jones. And and that was a lot of fun. So when I did something like that as a kid, I thought, oh, so this is what an archaeologist does. And obviously, I, I know better now.
1: <laughs> yes, um, that, that dream does get shattered fairly quickly when you uh, take your first anthropology course. Um, so moving on to linguistic anthropology, uh, this subfield is fairly ex, uh, self-explanatory. It's the study of language and communication. And some of the work that linguistic anthropologists do is um, trying to preserve languages. That's um, a big aspect of applied linguistic anthropology is uh, many languages around the world, uh, many aboriginal languages or minority languages are um, slowly being lost, and there's many anthropologists that try to um, either preserve languages or languages that are already, quote-unquote, dead languages, try to uh, rejuvenate them.
0: Oh, yeah. So, communication is such an important aspect Mm -hmm. of a global economy, of a global interconnected world. Absolutely. And linguistic anthropologists being able to study the many ways people communicate, it, it creates the capacity for making connections where otherwise there, there wouldn't be that opportunity. So yeah, linguistic anthropologists, they're interested in how language is linked to see how the how the world, or I'm sorry, so let me repeat that. They're interested in how language is linked to how we see the world and how we relate to each other. So mm-hmm. yeah, Linguistic anthropology is probably my favorite field of anthropology, and I cried a little bit when I realized that
1: that's not a focus here at USF. <laughs> Well, your focus is biological anthropology, so why don't you let us know a little bit about that? All right, so biological anthropology.
0: Biological anthropologists seek to understand how humans adapt to different environments, what causes disease and early death, and how humans evolve from other animals. Biological anthropologists are interested in explaining the similarities and differences that are found among humans across the world. And biological anthropology has recently rebranded from the term or the description physical anthropology and i won't get into that today but i'm sure that's going to lead us
1: down a deep rabbit hole if we do that
0: i'm sure eventually some of our our future guests that we will have on our show can elaborate more on that Um, and also however uh although i may label myself a biological anthropologist i think that i am maybe more of a medical
1: anthropologist Mm, why don't we go into a little bit about that what is medical anthropology Okay, so,
0: so medical anthropology is a subfield of anthropology that draws upon social, cultural, biological, and linguistic anthropology to better understand those factors which influence health and well-being, the experience and distribution of illness, the prevention and treatment of sickness, healing processes, the social relations of therapy management, and the cultural importance and utilization of pluralistic medical systems.
1: Mm, that's quite a mouthful. <laughs> that was a lot to say. <laughs> so it's interesting because medical anthropology is sort of a sub-subdiscipline um, for both biological anthropologists and cultural anthropologists. And so I think the focus there is a little bit different, right? Because cultural anthropologists, according to the American Anthropological Association... Study how people live and understand the world around them. So, how do you think that um, medical anthropology differs in the subdiscipline of biological anthropology? Wow, so a
0: fantastic question. I always like to oversimplify things as much as I can because that's easy for me to understand. Mm, absolutely. And the way I typically approach it is if cultural anthropology is how uh, it's trying to understand how people in different places live and understand the world around them. Mm. Then medical anthropology is how people in different places live and understand the world around them as it relates to health and wellness and medicine. Mm, well put. Well put. Yeah, because anthropo- really, the, you know I think the bottom line, anthropologists want to listen to all voices and viewpoints in order to understand how societies vary
1: and what societies have in common. That's absolutely right. And on the subject of medical anthropology, that sort of brings us to how many ways anthropology can be divided. So you have medical anthropology, but you also have visual anthropology, which um, along with studying media and other avenues like that, they also use visual anthropology as um, as a method. So making documentary films, say, is is becoming popular in anthropology. But you also have nutritional anthropology, development anthropology. You mentioned anthropologists working in NGOs, uh, as well as environmental anthropology. So that just kind of speaks to anthropology being unique, I think, as a discipline in that it can really cater to an eclectic, someone with an eclectic um, group of interests, which is, I think, what drew me to anthropology initially. How about you, Renee? Wow, that was uh, really
0: well put. I really do hope we're recording this because <laughs> I I am so impressed with how you describe those things. Um, so you're asking what drew me to anthropology? Yeah. Well, aside from that theme park ride that I mentioned earlier, uh, there, there are a couple of things that, that interested me, or th- that piqued my interest into anthropology. So one, when I was in my formative years, when I was a young... A young lad. A young lad. <laughs> I was... I was I I found this, you know, syndicated TV show which uh you you may have heard of it. Uh, um I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, StarGate SG1. Oh yeah. And Love that show. Yeah, it was it was cool. And so it was it was a spin-off from a film in the 90s. And the premise of the show is that this, the the US military gains access to a, okay, we could totally get super nerdy here. I'm oh yeah,
1: we're, we're letting our
0: nerd show a little bit. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> so the premise of the show is that the US military gains access to a gateway device, which allows access to a multiplicity, a multitude of other worlds. Um, and so they assemble a team of soldiers and they bring on a, a uh, ragtag anthropologist Archaeologist, oh, basically this that. this anthropo- is a, a an expert of all things anthropology, catering to the anthropological adventurer. Yes, stereotype. And so this, this person, this this anthropologist, served as the liaison between the native people where they where mm-hmm. this military excursion first encountered. And the show was interesting to me because it it was just a I thought it was a neat premise, and I found it to be super entertaining. And that's kind of where I started to look at anthropology a little bit more, and sure enough, I took my first intro to anthropology class as an undergraduate, and I got my first A, and I was like, wow, maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't do engineering, I should
1: do anthropology instead. Oh, switching from engineering. Right. That's a big switch. So I think it's about
0: time that we take a little break. But first, I think you have an announcement for us?
1: I do have an announcement. I have a little public service announcement from uh, some of our groups here on campus. Have you ever wanted to go to the USF Botanical Gardens but didn't know what to do there? Connect with the Botanical Gardens Club, and we will show you the way. The Botanical Gardens Club volunteers at the gardens, grows vegetables each semester, and has recyclable arts and crafts projects. If you can't make it to any of those exciting events, come to our monthly socials. Join us on Bullsync and Facebook or email usfbgc at gmail.com to receive updates on all of our events. Thank you, Botanical Gardens Club. That sounds very fun, and I might take you up on that. So, at this point in the show, we're going to transition to some music. We're going to keep it a little jazzy for you, but also throw in a little groovy for you on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Stay tuned. All right, hey, Bulls, you're listening to Bulls Radio, WSF
0: 89.7 HD3, Tampa, 1620 AM on campus and streaming worldwide at BullsRadio.org. This is Anthro Alerts And, 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 uh,. <laughs> And earlier in the hour, we were talking about anthropology because that's what the show's about, but we are talking about applied anthropology. So here at USF, we take, our department, our program, we take an applied perspective to anthropology. It's not just enough to get a degree in anthropology. We want to be able to work and find stuff to do. Mm. So applied or practicing anthropologists are an important part of anthropology. So each of the four subfields that we mentioned earlier, which if you if you are quizzing yourself, they are linguistic, cultural, archaeological, and biological. So each of those four subfields of anthropology can be applied. Applied anthropologists work to solve real-world problems by using anthropological methods and ideas. So at USF, our program focuses on, on archaeology, biological anthropology, cultural anthropology, and medical anthropology. As I mentioned, linguistic anthropology is not a focus. So medical anthropology uh, is, as I said, the subfield that draws upon social, cultural, biological, linguistic to better understand factors in which influence health and well-being. Um, now, I think we're going to shift a little bit and talk about working in anth- working as an
1: applied anthropologist. So, Spencer, what's the, all that about? Well, I think... Um, I think there's a, a common misconception when it comes to anthropology. So contrary to popular belief, you can get a job. <laughs> you know, I think this is a question that plagues all anthropologists or anthropology students. You're having a conversation with somebody. You know, they ask you, you know, hey, what, what do you study? You know, uh, and, you, and, and you say, well, I'm, I'm studying anthropology. What's the next thing that comes out of their mouth usually? Well, what are you going to do with that?
0: So you want to hear what I always tell people? What's that? Because, well, this degree will confer upon me, hopefully, should I meet all the requirements, will (laughs) confer upon me a Master of Arts in Applied Anthropology. So what I like to tell people is, oh, I'll just be a master
1: artist. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) usually a better answer than what I have. But what I think confuses people is that anthropology doesn't necessarily have – A linear career path and let me explain what i mean by this so unless you get a bachelor's and you study anthropology and then you go and you get a phd in anthropology and you become a professor or i mean you can get a phd and go other places but not all places you will have the title anthropologist and so i think this is what confuses people because if i tell somebody i'm studying economics then they're like okay you're going to be an economist that makes sense you know there's a there's an angle there Whereas I think anthropologists, because like we said before, you have, you know, it does cater to a lot of different interests and it gives you these skills and this um, perspective. And let's say it gives you this specific toolkit to then apply to a lot of different positions where you're, um, you know, you can jump around and you can you can conform to different positions. But um, what do you think? Well, well, I think that's skill set. So you mentioned skill set. So that is
0: Probably one of the more valuable things that an applied anthropologist brings to the 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 career table or the 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 table of careers. I don't mm. know. Um, that's just a term I, I think I just made up. So yeah, being able to apply, literally, yeah, being able to apply qualitative methods and and have a, a mixed methods approach. Know, I'll let you explain what those are. But being able to apply different methods to solving various problems. So, for example, one of the examples that I like to draw to or draw from is um, the industry of user design, UX, mm-hmm. where anthropologists are able to you know, use those unique skill sets of being able to just pay attention to stuff and see how people interact with their software, the interface, and that really helps designers design a better product, which is important because I'm sure many of us you know with our fancy app phones are able to you know download an app and we're so excited because we were told it can do x y and z but it's just it can sometimes you're just so frustrating to use that even though the app does what i want it to do it doesn't make it easy for me to do that and so i'm not going to use that app and that's something that anthropologists can do because they have that skill set that you were mentioning
1: absolutely and i mean that just brings up the point that actually you know Anthropologists are doing research in the U.S. and abroad, um, as they have been for for decades now, but places like Google and Microsoft and all of these tech companies are now, you know, GM car companies are now hiring anthropologists anywhere from the bachelor's level to also, um, you know, the master's and PhD level to do this qualitative research and, you know, even now more quantitative research and I guess I should break these terms down a little bit. So qualitative research speaks to, again, the skill set that we get trained in in anthropology. And something particular is, like, participant observation, where we we go in, um, you know, whatever group or community or population we may be working with, and we observe and we take notes and we try to blend and, you know, try to become – Part of this community as much as as much as we can to sort of adapt their perspective on things and and um, try to pull out the information we can so do you have anything to add for qualitative information or research So, so
0: yeah uh now now i okay so hold on so if you pay attention to maybe some of the things that are going on in other disciplines so i'll i'll call out or i'll I'll look at public health for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's a big emphasis on qualitative research and being able to understand more of the r- the reasons why stuff happens in public health. Like why aren't or so for example maternal or child health? Why do some groups of women have um, worse birth outcomes than other groups? And so public health is aware of these things, and trying to use qualitative research and t- qualitative methodology to try to explain more of, of why those things happen. And oftentimes, they hire anthropologists to help them do that, and other times, they just develop those those methods themselves, or they try to implement them themselves, and that's, I think, where the value of a show like this comes in and says, hey, you know, as an applied anthropologist, you can actually go out there and do stuff and work with people who don't necessarily call themselves anthropologists and you can do all manner of work.
1: Oh, absolutely. And even being a student here, even, you know, in our master's program, we have a course called Contemporary Applied Anthropology and, you know, every week breaks down these different segments that anthropologists are working in, but I think even more to the benefit of us as students is that the professor will bring in prior graduates from the program and you know people that are working in industry or you know the military even or in marketing or you know uh, just a plethora of different uh, positions and you know they'll come talk to us and talk about their path and how they got there and you know give us advice and that you know that's very helpful at least in my opinion yeah contemporary applied anthropology that is a graduate course offered here at usf
0: it is my favorite course I loved it. I got some uh, free theme park tickets out of it and uh, the best day or so of my life. You, you you went and got the tickets? Yeah, I got the tickets. Oh wow. Okay. We, and uh and sure enough, it was it was fun because we got to go see the uh the two parks. I won't mention the parks because
1: we're I mean not we're not trying to advertise yeah,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> but they were a lot of fun. And um I think like a recent attraction um well, you know, I'm sure you can figure out what it is. But all right, so just as a reminder, you're listening to Bulls Radio WSF eighty nine point seven, hd three, Tampa, sixteen twenty AM on campus and streaming worldwide at bullsradio.org. All right, so we just kinda talked a little bit about applied anthropology and working as an anthropologist. Um, what where do we go from there? You know, how what's what's
1: what's next for the
0: field of anthropology, do you think?
1: hmm well that is a that's quite a loaded question you that just, that's, you just sent me there that's day. maybe a question that requires years of
0: work to figure out because how i mean realistically how could anybody identify those trends um yeah
1: well i can tell you um i guess um you know for our show we were in our discussions between the two of us talking about what kind of directions we want to go with the show and you know one of the things that came up was trying to connect the anthropological discussions that we have on here and um, the different research topics and things and and trying to connect them locally to Tampa Bay, but also things happening nationally or internationally and try to keep it um, connected with current events and show how anthropology is relevant as we like to say you know trying to trying to stay relevant and some of the things that anthropologists have been currently studying um you know you had anthropologists studying the refugee crisis um and you have anthropologists working on climate change you have anthropologists working on even the current political climate which has been um quite popular among anthropologists for for research recently there was a lot to talk about there is a, ton a lot to of talk research. about. <laughs> there,
0: there is a an abundant volume of analysis to be done.
1: Oh yeah, there's just all kinds of literature reviews out there.
0: All right. So, yeah, as, a, as a reminder, this is Wolves Radio. This is Anthro Alert. Uh, my name is Renee, and my name is Spencer, and we're talking about anthropology, all things anthropology, here at USF and around the world. But Mostly USF, so we're going to talk a little bit about our own research interests for a little bit, just to give all three listeners a good idea of what uh, what we think anthropology is about. Because that's also the beauty of anthropology, where you can, as an anthropologist, tailor and be very specific or as general as you want to be. So anthropology means something different to everyone, I think. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can't say, well, anthropology anthropology is X, Y, and Z, and it is always going to be X, Y, and Z because it's such a, in my perspective, it's a very dynamic field and it it, it changes with the times Mm -hmm. and it changes the pace. It's very contextual. All right, so, so here's a little bit about what my research interest is, and that'll give you an example of kind of what I'm talking about. I look at exercise and wellness and physical activity, and from an evolutionary perspective, so I draw from various anthropological theory there, from an evolutionary perspective, try to evaluate public health programs, public health programs that promote physical activity or health behavior, and... Uh, ultimately, I think one of the things also I'm looking at is how can we improve birth outcomes with physical activity
1: as the the metric there.
0: Uh, Spencer, what about you? What do you like? To
1: well, research. I am uh, a little bit um, still pretty early in my graduate career, so these are a lot of the questions that I'm still asking myself on a daily basis. <laughs> but I can't tell you. Um, something some specific fields within anthropology that i'm interested in or some specific topics so i'm specifically interested in the anthropology of policy making um food and nutrition um, anthropology of health law and public health um you know public health intervention and, and design and things like that but specifically tailored to uh to china and as an undergrad I spent a lot of time with the Confucius Institute there, and I took uh, several Chinese courses and, um, you know, developed still constant struggle of learning Chinese. <laughs> so my research here, I would like to look at um, some of the changes that are going on with uh, the one-child policy now. It's a universal two-child policy now. And um, I think I'm going to stay in the Tampa Bay area. So I'd like to look at um, maybe uh, Chinese immigrant communities or um, Asian American communities. And I know in Tampa Bay, there's um, a fairly large uh, fairly large presence of traditional Chinese medicine. So these are all kinds of the things that interest me. And, um, you know, I'm getting my thesis proposal together this summer. So get back to me on that and I'll probably have a better answer for you. Okay, fantastic. Chi-
0: you know, the, the topic of China is, can be incredibly complex, and, oh, yeah. and there's just probably a whole lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it sh- a lot
1: of reading to be done. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: What what language are those readings in? Um, well, the majority of the um, anthropology articles are in um, are in English, but several of the news articles and things that I'm using are actually in, written in Mandarin Chinese, which I will be translating by myself this summer. Wow so you are fluent in
0: Mandarin Chinese
1: um, I would never tell somebody I'm fluent because it's just a constant uphill battle to <laughs> to continually learn to speak and, and read Chinese but um, I can I can get by my my reading is improving more than my speaking but I'm also going to try to remedy that during my um, thesis field work Wow so that's excellent um, and that that I
0: think reflects a the the inherent linguistic nature of anthropology, and, and uh, I mean your ability to, to to dig deep into a language and, and help you kind of gain competency in it. I think is uh, fantastic, and re- you know, it's not uh, something everybody is willing to do. So mm. I applaud your efforts. <laughs> I, I am clapping silently because because we're on the radio. But
1: uh, thank you. But it also kind of speaks to um, you know learning learning the language of wherever you're going to go study is um not necessarily expected of anthropologists but in some ways it is kind of you know if you're going if you're a phd student or even a master's student you're going abroad you know whatever community you may study in whatever country you may be in um learning that local language i think you can you can connect with people better oh for sure uh, I think with uh,
0: here at USF in our PhD program. So I'm a, just a masters st- student, a uh, a a master artist, <laughs> as <laughs> well as I'm, as
1: well as am I
0: Soon to be a, a master artist. Mm. Uh, but I believe and you know when we get a PhD student here on the show eventually, they'll they'll be able to clarify this. But I think that there is a language requirement to our program.
1: I, I believe there is. I don't think, you know, I th- I think the PhD program here is a little bit different than a more traditional. Non applied anthropology PhD program, and that well, one it's shorter. You know, um, going into a more traditional anthropology program can be quite a, quite a long haul. But um, as a yeah, but I, I think they still need to be able to translate sufficiently in another language. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's
0: something I learned about you today uh, that I you know I was not fully aware of. Well, there you go. Of your in, your interests here in. In anthropology, as well as a little bit of your background um, and int- and really interest in China, I think that's that's absolutely
1: fascinating. You know, I actually found in doing some preliminary research for my thesis literature review, there's not a lot of anthropologists that are actually looking at issues in China, which which seems kind of strange to me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sort that out in the midst of wading through all the literature. Uh, um, who's your advisor again? My advisor is Dr. Tara Dubell. Oh, and wh- what is her Primary interest. So her regional interest is in the Middle East and North Africa, and um, and West Africa. Uh, she is interested in um, you know refugee health. Um, she did stuff in the Western Sahara, um, so in the refugee camps there, and she's also interested in in anthropology of food and um, ethnicity and nationality, and um, her dissertation. I think looked specifically at poets and, and songwriters in her community. So, I hope that I did justice to her research. I'm sorry, Dr. Dubell, if you're listening. She, she is one of our three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay,
0: so so let's let's maybe think about taking a break. All right. So I Sounds am good. going. I'm going to read a, an announcement that we have. Student organizations. Would you and your members like to learn more about student government? Involvement opportunities, events, and other campus resources for student organizations. Student government's Department of Student Outreach and Access is available to come present at your next meeting. If you are interested in having student government give a presentation in your student organization meeting, visit. Okay, I'm going to give you a website URL, so pay attention. tinyurl.com sgpresentations. So that's, again, tinyurl.com. SG presentations and that's SG like student government. Okay, so so they'll so fill out the form there to fill out a request form or visit the forms tab on the student government bullsync page. All right, so we're going to play just a little bit of music and we'll be back in a few. Oh, hey, Bulls. You're listening to Anthro Alert on Bulls Radio, WSF 89.7, HD3, Tampa, 1620 AM on campus and streaming worldwide at bullsradio.org. All right, so, yes, this is Anthro Alert. We have just spent the last oh, amount of time since 3 p.m. we've been on the air. We've been talking about anthropology and why it matters. Um, Why we believe the show is a good opportunity for anthropologists to better connect with the USF community and raise awareness of the value of an anthropological perspective. Uh, Because anthropology is really more than just that introductory course. In fact, in the US, right, we have our four fields of archaeology, biological anthropology, cultural anthropology, and linguistic anthropology. But here at USF, we swap the linguistic for medical. Yeah, we make
1: medical. It's on
0: subspecialty because it's it's that important. Yes, I think. Yes.
1: All right. So, um, did I miss anything? I think that about sums up what we were trying to get across. Um. And
0: we we have a lot of good stuff planned for future shows. This was yes, we do. This was you know despite our uncanny professionalism and and incredible rapport. <laughs> th- this is actually this is actually our first show. If you can believe it. If you, you know, <laughs> just just try to believe it. Um, so it's our first show. And in future shows, really, you can look forward to hearing about past human environment interaction, anthropology, and the practice of medicine, anthropology, and the emergency department, all manner of things anthropological. Oh, so yes. it's going to be an exciting future of anthropology on the radio here at USF.
1: Yeah, and we we want to include people from the anthropology department here at USF, but I think we're also going to try to branch into uh, getting some callers on the radio, maybe um, from other universities in the U.S. We're still going to try to figure that one out, but stay tuned for that. If we can ever figure out how to make how to answer a phone call on the air, we will we will get to that. We're going to make it happen. All right, so that's about our time for today. Thank you so much for listening. We had a good time. We did have a good time, and we hope that you guys learned something and also had a good time. All right, because you were listening to Anthro Alert on Bulls Radio, WUSF
0: 89.7 HD3 Tampa, 1620 a.m. on campus, and streaming worldwide at bullsradio.org. We will see you next week. Goodbye, everyone.